What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? It's your boy, Comedic Energy, and this is Dirty Mouth Radio. Dirty Mouth Radio, produced by Livewire Channel Entertainment. We got our boy back in the building. He back in here. Yeah, yeah. Everybody introduce themselves right now. Hey, it's Sade. Papa Luke. Golden. Golden. Your boy, Craig. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your boy, Papa Lou. Moments with Lou. <laughs> My man back in the building. Y'all been waiting for this episode. Going crazy talking about we ain't gonna hit the next finance episode. Da, 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 da. Well, okay, today's the day. All right, be happy. My man is here. How's everybody been? Wonderful. We've been sad. I don't know about you. I mean, today I'm doing a lot better than I have been the last couple of days, but I'm good today. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sad, but I feel you. Otherwise, what about you, Craig? Out here trying to make these motherfucking teams. <laughs> well, yeah, everybody's kind of down. Blocks, these blocks, selling these rocks. Oh, shit. Shut the fuck up. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Oh, shit. You said rocks, you know You said what? What? She found some boxes of candy. Oh my gosh. I said CDs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, everybody's down. You know, let's give a little, you know, moment of silence for that man, Kobe Bryant and the family. You know, quick moment of silence right now. Man. All right. Yo. So, you know, RIP. Is with the families, you know. Sad situation. Wouldn't wish that on nobody. Straight up. Alright, yo. So let's make this happen, man. I'm a student up in here, so I ain't gonna do too much talking. The teacher's in the building. I'm ready to learn a little bit more. But I will say this one thing, man. I've been reading this book called Hustle Nomics. It's based off the man Nipsey. Uh, it's actually written by Ash Cash. Uh, it's pretty called, pretty much called uh, Hustle Nomics: Money Ownership and Business Lessons Inspired by Nipsey Hustle, plus a step-by-step guide on how to implement each principle. So you know when a man talks about um, the victory lap, right. you know the CD victory lap. Right. Though I, I was listening on the way here, and I've listened to it so many times. Every time I listen to it, I learn something different from it. But after reading this book and listening to the CD, it makes much more sense of how he laid out each track. And people don't even realize that. The way he methodically went from the intro to the outro throughout the whole CD is based on his whole plan. So the victory lap, it consists of um, pretty much a whole track. So, you know, you got your 200, your 400, your 800 meters, half a mile, so on and so forth. But each distance is a different principle that you live by. Mm-hmm. When you get to that marathon is when you get to, uh, I believe it's the philanthropy of it all, when you're talking about giving back. So, I mean, it, it's it's real deep. I can't, I can't really, I'm speechless with it because you just have to get the book. You really do. Um, he also has different uh, Ermiisms, so principles to live by. You know, he died at 33. He had 33 Ermiisms that he calls it. You know, his name was Ermias. Yeah, Ermias. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So he these different um, principles to live by. I mean, it's pretty deep. He goes real deep into it. And he always quotes back to each song that he had, from Mailbox Money to Victory Lap, you know, Slauson Boy, all of his CDs, all his mixtapes, and everything. It's all intertwined. It's it's one big system. And he talks about having an ecosystem. Create an ecosystem with your business. Where, mm-hmm. you know how he talks about all money in and no money out. He lives by that. Everything that you do should be related to your business. Your business should not have to go out, you know, pretty much spend money outside, outside of the company. Of your yeah. company. Everything should be all money in and no money out. That's where you really retain your wealth. And creating this ecosystem is the vast networks that you can, you know, implement within your company and branch out to different things and put it all under one umbrella. That shit, when I tell you that shit was deep, man, like, it was a real deep book. Economics, guys. There you go. Yeah, man. But, hey, that was my quick comedic history moment, man. Lou, the floor is all yours, brother. (laughs) Well... Yeah, see, we're jumping right into it. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, what's interesting, so that that um, principle, the mm-hmm. ecosystem analysis, mm-hmm. is very interesting mm-hmm. to me. Uh, a country boy, mm-hmm. understanding the agriculture industry mm-hmm. and knowing farmers, the most, like, successful farms, mm-hmm. they, they might specialize in, like, one particular product. But they create an entire ecosystem. So, give you an example. If you want to sell hay, right? You want to be a, a hay farmer. You want to sell hay. Well, in order to get good hay, you got to get good grass. So, how do you get good grass? Well, you need some cows, right? Yeah. You're also going to need some goats because goats eat wild forestry and they keep the bad grass from creeping in on your good grass. Mm -hmm. Right? You're going to need some chickens because chickens eat grub worms which keep your good grass from getting infested with grub worms. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting how farmers create these ecosystems. Like you said, now they have all these different byproducts. They can sell milk. Mm -hmm. They can utilize milk. They can utilize goat milk for cheese. Mm -hmm. You know, just that's just kind of an, an, a physical example of the whole concept of creating an ecosystem within business structure. That's interesting. You know, and if you look at a lot of the top performing businesses um, in this country, that principle is very true. They figure out ways on how to take every business expense that they know that they're going to encounter mm-hmm. and figure out a way to keep that money in house. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming from the aviation industry. One of the things that I see, um, a lot of airlines tend to own their own um, contract vending companies. Uh, So, like Delta Airlines, right? Mm -hmm. They own a company called DGS, Delta Global Service, which is their in-house contracting company. Uh, Those employees work for a vendor uh that does contract work in their smaller stations, i.e. Charlotte. But all that money stays in house. Exactly. So that's yeah, that's deep. So on the whole concept of keeping money in house, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I think uh, where we left off, we kind of I was talking about budgets, right? Yeah. We got into budgets, 
and and you know figuring out that that monthly household budget in order to figure out okay well how much extra money do we have coming in right yeah and then you know I also touched on the whole and then you utilizing that tool to get as close to debt free as possible to where at least if nothing else a mortgage mm-hmm. um and then that's whenever you free up money to invest because one thing about it is investing is no different than going to Vegas, right? Especially mm-hmm. if you want to talk about investing in the market. Right? Yeah. Investing in, really in anything. Yeah. There's no 100% sure guarantee investment. Even real estate can be risky. Risky. Mm-hmm. Especially when the markets are overdue for a correction. Yeah. Uh, kind of like what we're in right now. Uh-huh. But... Um, I would always caution people, you never want to invest or, or play around with investing if you don't have a, a stable footing financially in the crib. Mm-hmm. Meaning, once again, going back, if, you, if you're paying a bunch of credit card debt, student loans, if, if you have a lot of liabilities yeah. that, you, that you have going on, you need to get control of those liabilities. Eliminate those so that way you free up that money in order to gain assets. Uh, right makes sense because yeah. what what good is it if you save up money right mm-hmm. and you don't pay off a student loan or, or exuberant mm-hmm. amount of credit card they gonna debt. come and get that <laughs> right yeah. right yeah. but you take that money and you put it into a particular stock and the stock does well and all of a sudden boom it tanks yeah right and you money. look damn and now you're back to square one you still got this student loan hanging out there uh-huh. which is why I would always tell people Personally, because the the plan that I implemented for for me was to get as much consumer debt eliminated as possible. Yeah. Simply because from a financial aspect, you are, you, 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 you're, how do they say? It's a slippery slope. Uh It's a slippery slope because essentially you're investing money that you really don't have. I see what you're saying. From a debt to income ratio. Mm -hmm. So. So then I kind of branched off into, like, market stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of people wonder about the market. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of this thing that I learned from a brother that, you know, of course, I have to shout out my sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a brother on Instagram by the name of um, Wall Street Trapper. Wall Street Trapper. Okay. Yeah. It's Wall underscore street underscore trapper. Okay. Um, this brother pretty much either he himself or he grew up in uh, some hustlenomics. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. From the block. Yeah. And and essentially, because a lot of people don't realize, I mean, that that's a basic kind of thing. If, if you mm-hmm. know anything about the game, right? Yeah, we yeah. just call it the game. Yeah. Believe it or not, most cats who have been in the game mm-hmm. actually make very good business. Yeah. Decisions. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. From a from, from just business principle. Yeah. Now, when we talk about legal decisions, that's a whole different, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> logical things. Yeah. But they really do understand some of the most basic business principles. Mm-hmm. And uh, this brother, he really breaks stuff down, particularly about the stock market. Mm-hmm. 
into the way into a way that most people from the urban community can understand. Okay. And um, he has this um, this set of tips, right, mm-hmm. about before you buy stocks, mm-hmm. things to do. Um, and and I'm sharing with you. So number one, it says to understand how exactly the company makes money. So find a company that you want to invest in, right? Mm-hmm. So then you need to figure out, okay, how, how do they make money? Mm-hmm. Um, so I use an example, a real-time example. Back here towards the middle of 2019, uh, the big ticker was Beyond Meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Beyond Meat exploded. Their, their mm-hmm. IPO, on, on their opening IPO date, I believe the stock was at like $25 a share. And within, like, not even a week's time, it was in the hundreds. Wow. It, and I, I bought some. I, you know, I, uh-huh. I bought something. I was like, I, I, want, I want in on this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because the whole plant-based movement is a big thing. Yeah. Especially in doing research of a company. So, so that, okay, so key one, what, what do they do? How do they make money? Well, they make their money by selling a product. Mm-hmm. A plant-based product, yeah. a meat, a meat alternative, right? Exactly. And then understanding where that where they are within the business, mm-hmm. and so they went from not being publicly traded, just you know, mm-hmm. and just being in supermarkets, mm-hmm. to now being offered at resorts and hotels. Yeah. Um, them along with. Um, What's the other one? The Impossible Burger. Yeah. You know, they yeah. Impossible has deals with like Burger King. They had the restaurants. You know, so other Impossible is different than Beyond. I thought it was all Beyond Me. Nah, no. two different companies. Two different okay. companies. Okay. And, and Impossible really get like they really went down like the plant based meat science nerd mm-hmm. spectrum. Yeah. Because Impossible figured out a way to utilize a an enzyme that is present in uh, soy. Oh. So, and to anybody who is like on the fence with soy, I mean, mm-hmm. you eat what you eat. I mean, yeah. you know, we yeah. this ain't really about nutrition. We're just talking about finance right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, so apparently, soybeans produce this enzyme that is a part of their whole like photosynthesis mm-hmm. thing that has the ability to. It 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 when it hits the the open air, mm-hmm. it coagulates and turns a different color. Oh wow! Which is why Impossible's kind of thing compared to any other plant based meat company mm-hmm. was that they had the ability to mimic what meat looked meat like. Ah, like. uh. so you could like legit get like an Impossible. Steak. We'll just say, you know, I don't think they have steaks, but let's say mm-hmm. they made steaks, right? Yeah. And let's say you won, you're a person who's always liked your steak with a little bit of pink in it. Yeah. With the impossible meat, you can do that. Like, it... it it's like mirroring everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But what about the... Well, we been, we really wasn't talking about the nutrition, but what about the flavor? I ain't into this. So, I had, <laughs> I had, I had the impossible burger when I, I went to St. It. Martin, right? <laughs> I like and, it. And it tasted good. I ain't going to front. It, yeah, it was good. Like I've had it. Beyond Meat products. They were good. Mm-hmm. The only thing that 
you know, because I didn't understand the science of impossible, it was just kind of freaking me out. Cause I was like, man, this is yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, nah, this is me. I like man. it. But if you were a real meat eater, like my brother just had impossible not too long ago, he was like, nah, I'm not a fan. Give me a burger. But me, I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I'm going to eat it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's all about what you want and what you want for your life. I right, guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, but once again, two of the top companies. Yeah. Um, which Impossible, they they kept saying that they were going to have an IPO. They they haven't had one yet. Now, for people that don't know, what is an IPO? Uh, initial public offering or opening, and that is whenever a company decides to go publicly public. traded mm-hmm. on the stock market. Okay. Um, before before an IPO, any any investing in a company comes from a privatized source, oh, okay. be it a bank, yeah, your homie, mm-hmm. your um, what's the popular thing now? Crowdfunding, yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, and once once they make money, mm-hmm. really fine tune their their business model. And okay. and essentially can produce a, a clear plan for projected growth, yeah, and an actual valuation of the company. So the company is valued here, right, based on um, their net earnings for a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. potential growth therein. Then you know they decide, okay, we want to go public with it, right. Mm-hmm. Because now going public, you're now getting more people to invest in buy the brand and it. to buy into it, uh, which gives that company access to more capital mm-hmm. to do whatever it is that they do. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So, um, mm. so with that, so yeah, so understand how exactly the company makes money. Then two, identify if it's just a hot stock or if it's a growing industry. Mm. Right? Yeah. So- once again, the plant-based movement. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I think it falls in the middle. Just using this example, because mm-hmm. it the the plant-based movement itself is growing, but I think sometimes the products within that can kind of be fall off. Yeah, they fall mm-hmm. off. Yeah, they yeah. fall off. Something better may come Something along. Something better comes yeah. along. People get disinterested. Yeah, you know, just kind of like it's it's the flavor of the week. Yeah. Right, but you know you gotta. Once again, that goes back to that whole the gamble, risk versus reward type deal. Yeah. Um. So then, once you identify whether or not if it's something that you just want to get in for a minute, mm-hmm. make a little money, and then have you know have an exit strategy. So, you, like for me, I knew okay, I, I bought in at twenty five dollars a share, mm-hmm. and I was like. My top number was like, if it can go up to 130, I'll be good. Uh, the thing shot up to $252 a share. Damn. It, pe- it peaked out at $252 a share. And I probably should have sold then. Say that one more time, Craig. What was the time frame between that time? What was the time frame? So we, we're we talking, that was around, so I bought the stock. So it was before my birthday. So I say I bought, we'll say I bought the stock around like May, right? Mm-hmm. Of last year? Of last year. Okay. May of 2019. And then shortly after my birthday, so this would say August. Mm-hmm. So between May and August, the thing peaked out to 
<laughs> over two hundred fifty-two dollars a share. Shoot. Right, three months. Sheesh. Right. With with and 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 what's what's interesting about it, which is why I I thought it was a valuable investment because it had steady growth. It didn't yeah. just go. You yeah. know what I mean? It would go a few points, mm-hmm. chill for a minute, mm-hmm. then go a few more points. And so I probably should have sold at that top number, but I didn't because I was I got greedy. I was like, you know, yeah. it's about to hit for real. Yeah. And then it dropped down to like one seventy something. Still past your one thirty. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I think I ended up selling right at around like the one sixty mark or something like that. So okay. my biggest question, and I'm I'm like a beginner investor, right? Mm-hmm. When you but you know it's all about buying and selling. We know that, right? Now, when you buy, I know you could buy per share, of course, right? When you sell, are you selling all your shares? Or are you selling? No, you don't sell all your shares. The same way, the same way you can put in. Mm-hmm. If you go like I use Fidelity, right? Just to use mm-hmm. Fidelity. So when you go to buy, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, it ask how many shares? Mm-hmm. Type in as many as you want. Now, when you go to sell, here's the thing. Sell all or sell a portion. If you click sell a portion, it'll ask you how many do you want to sell. Okay. Right? And, and that's what you can do. I did that with GoPro. Uh, I bought in the GoPro at $2.60 something. Mm-hmm. It went up to like $8 and change. Mm-hmm. I sold all but like three shares of GoPro. Uh, right? And I... Had these last three shares just because I knew when they were releasing the the Hero Seven and mm-hmm. the other stuff, I was like, you know, maybe this would be cool. But unfortunately, with that's the gamble with tech stocks and tech companies. Yeah, there's always somebody with a newer and better product on the line. Yeah. Okay. So, but um, but yeah, you can sell as many or all the shares as you want. You don't necessarily have to liquidate all of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if you wanna okay. if you let's say let's say you wanna sell some to to make, you know, some capital. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you hold on to some because you're like, this thing could go back. It could rebound, it could go back, go a little bit further. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah. So you, you don't necessarily have to sell all the shares up front. Uh that's interesting. Okay. That's where I get kind of messed up at. I, I buy it and I hold it. <laughs> and I don't give it away. <laughs> so and that, so that's the thing, right? So buying individual stocks mm-hmm. is is an interesting game mm-hmm. because it takes a lot of research. Yeah, researching a company, evaluating a company, uh, going on. I had to go on YouTube and learn how to read candlestick charts. Which yeah. chart, you know, growth yeah. and all, you know, and that's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 like Vegas for me, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I'm gonna put a, a few 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 dollars down on this company. Yeah, right. Yeah. And if it hit enough, and I, you know, if I can make, if I can make a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. I, I'll take the hundred bucks. That that's the quick flip, right? Yeah, yeah. More long term investment is more suited, in my opinion, for like mutual funds. Okay. Because with mutual funds, rather than buying a single stock, you're pooling your money into a fund that invests in a conglomerate of stocks. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. And with mutual funds, you there's kind of a set it and forget it method. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
Let's say you got a thousand dollars that you want to invest in mutual funds, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, so you say, all right, mutual funds. So then you would spread that thousand dollars in a percentage. So you want to put fifty um, percent into the middle, right? Yeah. So or medium, you know, kind of slightly conservative stocks. Mm-hmm. 25% in more aggressive stocks. That's too concerned. Right? And yeah. then 25% in super conservative stocks. Okay. And by doing that, what happens is, depending, regardless of how the market dips or swings, mm-hmm. most people who do that tend to make money regardless of what's going on with the market. Ah. Uh, right? Makes sense. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, and Dave Ramsey really goes into detail with it, mm-hmm. uh, with the actual terminology you know, uh, aggressive growth and in income, mm-hmm. moderate aggressive. Those, those are the actual financial terms that they use yeah. in the market. Okay. But, but they're recognizable. If you if you ever wanted to, like, okay, well, what is what is a an uh, an aggressive stock? Mm-hmm. It's usually your your large cap, okay. la- uh, large cap mutual funds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have international as well. So that's more of a long-term thing. Okay. And I would definitely say that is the realm that I would always suggest to pay the money and seek a professional. Mm. Someone who really watches that stuff like for a living. Yeah. Who can guide you and and, honestly, and teach you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the one thing I say, if, if you're going to, do business with any person in the finance industry, make sure that they have the heart of a teacher, right? Uh, they're, they're not just there to get your money. They actually want to teach you something, you. right? Yeah. Mentor yeah. you so that you can possibly take that knowledge and transfer it on to someone else. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and uh, But yeah, so I don't deal too much with the um, quick flip stuff mm. just because that is like timing is key. Yeah, And unless you are like a legit day trader, at the crib with two computer screens and you looking at stuff no, second by yeah. second, you can end up missing out, right? Like you might have bought at a good good time. Yeah. It peaked. But you was at work on the line doing what you do. Yeah. And you yeah. ain't know. Yeah. You come back and guess what? The thing done fell through the roof. Damn. Right? And so at that point, here's here's what you have to remember. A lot of people and it took me a minute to understand this. When it comes to buying stocks, mm-hmm. you don't actually lose money until you sell the stock. Oh, really? Right. So. Oh, okay. That makes as sense. far yeah, as if sense. the if the stock went below what you paid for it. Yeah. At that point, as long as you still own it, you haven't really it's necessary really lost necessarily anything. Yeah. lost anything. Mm-hmm. And you it know? has the potential. To and go it back has up. the potential to go yeah. back up, right? Yeah. But one thing I. I'm, I've been learning, right? Uh-huh. Especially getting away from the quick flip stuff. I worry less about um, necessarily a company's stock value. Mm-hmm. I want the dividend rate. Yeah, that's what I look at. Okay. Yeah. Because that's where your real cheddar comes in. Yeah. Okay. That that's when you're making money in your sleep. Yeah. Um, that and I like playing the dividend game because the dividend dividend game can actually buy your freedom. Yeah, and I, I'll touch on that in a minute. Okay, but um, 
So the, the third principle was to and find out when, if and when, did that company fall on hard times and how did their management react and adjust. So... Yeah, that's some research right there. Okay. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But the thing is, though, a lot of that... So a lot of that stuff is public record, right? Yeah. yeah. And any, anybody that's publicly traded on, on any market, they have to release those annual and quarterly it's reports. Tests, yeah. yeah. All yeah. that type of stuff. And and they have to show the strategy. So if, if they fell on some hard times, they have to show the strategy of their plan, like how they bounce back. Mm. Right? Or did they just say, fuck it and close up shop? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Temporarily and then come back. I would never put my money in anything like that. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's because what happens is the CEOs and the top shareholders, they had their golden parachute and everybody else is falling by the fall, wayside. Fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Then you got to figure out how much of the business that you'd like to own. You got to figure out, do I want one share, two yeah. shares, three shares, whatever, right? Okay. And then finally, get off your ass and just pull the, pull the plug. Do it. Mm. A lot of times, we spend a lot of time looking into things, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're like, man, I want to get into that. But then we don't never, like, take we'll that jump. never take the initiative. Uh. Right? Won't ever take that jump. Yeah. I'm guilty of it. Mm-hmm. I'm guilty of it. Mm-hmm. And it was when I learned that at the end of the day, me, me not actually taking a step forward, I'm still standing on the same corner. Uh, right. Yeah. Right? If if you want to get all if you want to leave where you are, at some point you gotta put at least eight foot forward. I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So once you, you know what I'm saying, you, you, you do a little research, and you don't have to necessarily be a market analyst. It's, man, it's a plethora of stuff on YouTube that can teach you how to, to, to evaluate a stock like the, in the layman's way. That's mm-hmm. how I had to learn how to do it. Yeah. To decide whether or not I would like to put my money into this company. Mm-hmm. And more, more than anything, that gut feeling. If it feels good mm-hmm. and, and it looks good, go for it. But if it don't look good and you don't really feel it, then leave it alone. Yeah. You know? That's so, what you're saying. Now, I talked about buying back your freedom, right? Yeah. With the dividend game. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> once again, the same brother that I was talking about, he had a post up. And he was talking about happy hour, Right. Say a lot of us like happy hour. We like to go out, have you know a few drinks or whatnot. Yeah. And he outlined a company like Brown Foreman, right, which is the parent company of Jack Daniels, Woodford yeah. Reserve. It's yeah. a liquor company, mm-hmm. right? And then of course, Coke. Yeah. Right. Both of those companies are companies that pay dividends. Mm-hmm. So if you buy, you know. A decent amount of their stock, and when I say decent amount, at least you know four to five hundred dollars worth of it. Mm-hmm. The way that they pay out their dividends, you essentially can pay for your happy hour. I see what you're saying with your dividend yeah. paycheck. Yeah, same thing with your cell phone bill. Okay. Verizon, AT and T, they all pay. So they dividend. pay you basically because you buying into. Yeah, you buying into so the company. So basically, once once they profit, you profit too, and yeah. you're getting your. Your share of the profit. Yeah. So, so because I like Pumas, I should buy some stock and they might give me some 
Look I heard they also they give uh, free merch too. Yeah, so like uh, okay. a lot of the sneaker companies, I know Nike for sure because that's how my accountant flipped the game on me. He kept seeing me come in with fresh J's when I was in that phase of my life. I remember you said that. Yeah, man. <laughs> and then he was like, yo, how many shares do you own? I was like, <laughs> and he was like And he was like Yo bro Every time you buy A pair of sneakers You need to drop Drop some money On the on the share of the stock You mm-hmm. buy, buy a pair of sneakers Cause on average On average Most sneaker companies mm-hmm. a, a pair of sneakers Is usually around The price of one share Of their stock Okay uh, Right So If you do your due diligence yeah. you Got your budget You saving your money Yeah Alright cool I, I want them 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 Jordan 4s that's dropping next week. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, be dedicated. You know, you got some principle about yourself. Be dedicated. So, all right, cool. I'm going to buy the sneakers and I'm going to buy a share of the stock. Mm. Right? Because here's the thing. Whether you're a sneaker collector or not, at the end of the day, we all buy shoes. Yeah. Right? And eventually, over time, you will find yourself that you have bought enough shares that qualify you in the shareholder pool to get free merch. From that company mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying They gonna send you A pair of Jordans mm-hmm. But they send you Something Yeah yeah. To get right? something is, yeah. As an investor you, you know what I'm saying Yeah On top of Their dividend rate They pay dividends You get, you get your dividend uh, Deposit Yeah Into, into whatever uh, Account you use Whatever brokerage Account you use mm. You know what I'm saying So at, at the end of the day The whole principle is Is that to shift the mindset of being 100% consumers and mm-hmm. being more of investors. Right. Right. That's what you're saying. So, how you communicate that to your homie in the hood is like, yo, you flip it on. Like, look, bro, we around here, we, we like to wear Louis. We, we got these Louis belts on, mm-hmm. Louis bags, right? Yeah. And we showing off at the club for the mm-hmm. shorties. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, how much more you think you can show off when you be like, yo, like, like, I own some shares. I actually own some shares in this company. Yeah. So I'm really out here. I'm promoting my brand. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you yeah, feel me? Yeah, I see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. That that to me that and that's invaluable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And which inside a tip about Louis, Louis Vuitton, Hennessy, Remy Martin, uh, Rihanna, she uh, her Fenty Beauty Fenty. line. Mm-hmm. Her her lingerie line, all of that, mm-hmm. is underneath the same ticker LVMUJ. Wow. On uh, on the stock market, they own all that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I need my freedom back. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But the thing is, and and the way that it was projected, the way her makeup took off, they were like, "Yo, the lingerie is it was set it's set to outperform Victoria's Secret." Yeah. Right? Yeah. So with knowing that information, right, when you want to put a few dollars in that? Exactly. Right. Right? Yeah. When you want to get that, uh, last time I checked, it was like 1.9-something percent dividend, almost almost 2%. Damn, are you serious? Yeah. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, dividends is where it's at. Yeah, it is. It, it, really it is. really, I never forget my first dividend deposit, mm. and I was like, I kind of like that. Well, yeah. give us an example. As far as, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 I mean, because I'm sure you didn't had a lot. 
a dividends by now. Like so, just, all right. So so people can have an idea. So um, all right, check it. So with uh, what stock was that? Oh, Apple Real Estate, which is a REIT. Which REITs are cool too. If you want to get into investing in real estate without necessarily being a landlord and having to figure out how to renovate a property and yeah. all of that, yeah. you can invest in REITs, which is, you know, it's, it's a, a, a real estate in investment um, fund. Okay. So that would like a group of real estate people investing in one Or thing? a company. Company, okay. Uh, the brother who paid for everybody's college tuition at yeah. Morehouse. At Morehouse, yeah. okay. Um, his company is a real estate investment company. Okay. okay. Um, he's publicly traded online. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's R- RJK Holdings. Okay. Um, I invested in it mm-hmm. because he owns over like 600 hotels all over the United States. Wow. Mm-hmm. Which means he owns property that is always moving. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yep. It's always moving. Mm-hmm. I-, I know the likelihood of me being able to build my own hotel is, you know, I just, I ain't. Let me take that back. I, I about to say, don't, uh-uh. you can do anything. You can do all so things. I can do all the things. You can do all I, the yeah, things. Yeah, I appreciate that. We're going to put that in. We're going to bring that energy yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. Right. You just don't wish to pursue it at this time. Right. Okay. Right. And But it's like, okay, this brother over here, this is what he do. Yeah. He know more about it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to throw a few dollars in, in, his, in his company Yeah. so I can get my dividend of it. That's true. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's a way to invest in real estate without having the liability mm-hmm. of trying to buy houses and flip them and all that. Being a limited partner. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Because what you don't want is to be like T-Pain. Yeah, I heard about You know, that. he, yeah. his family members was like, didn't know nothing about real estate, but just be like, see a house for sale. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, this would be a good mm-hmm. investment. Yeah. We, we just throw a fresh coat of paint on it and sell it. And yeah, yeah it didn't work out like that. So, yeah. but, um, so, but yeah, so from Apple Real Estate, which was a, a company that I invested in, mm-hmm. uh, a REIT that I invested in. And I think I probably put roughly about maybe four grand into them. Mm. Over the course of like five years, just constantly, okay, just constantly you know you know putting in. And just let me let me game. put that in there too. A lot of people get so focused on like this big number, mm-hmm. they don't realize that it's all a little bit it's at over time. time. Mm-hmm. Whatever right. you can, whatever over you time. can. You know, it's it's like small my, games. Yeah, my my it's the old analogy. Uh, they say, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, bro. Yeah, yeah. one bite at a time. So That's true. Um, so yeah, over the course of you know, it's four or five years, I put that type of money into, and then one day, because you know your, your dividend is based on the shares you owe. So, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It's it's whatever the dividend rate is times how that many shares, shares you have, yeah. right? So the more shares you have, of course, your dividend yeah. check mm-hmm. because Bigger. that means you're more vested it, into yeah. the company, which is only fair. I have an issue like that with uh, with Disney. I right. don't know if I said it on the last episode, uh-huh. but. Um, I bought shares in the Disney, mm-hmm. and I did it through the Stash app. Right. Before I knew it, I, I stopped for a minute, mm-hmm. but I still kept seeing them emails saying, oh, you just got some dividend. Right. All right. And then I just happened to look on it again. I had $40. Right. 
I was like, well, goddamn, you know, keep this shit rolling, you know. Take advantage, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or forty dollars to put back into exactly to, yep. to you know what I'm saying? Because in the day, you you can now grow that forty to eighty at yeah. some point, yep. yeah, right, yeah, because that's you know based on the law of averages mm-hmm. with investing, yeah, you know, in these like six year cycles, mm-hmm. every six years money doubles. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you something: <clears throat> How much? <clears throat> Like what percentage of the shares? Like how much shares would you have to have for them to make you like a board member or something like that, or for them to look at you like you own too much of this? <laughs> so uh, that's an interesting question. So with that, um, yeah, you got to have a lot of shares. You got to put it in a lot. Okay. Sure. And generally speaking, you know, for an existing company, their board members are comprised of people who were. The upfront partners, right? Mm-hmm. That that was that that was that cat. The A one day ones who had, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a whole bunch of capital. Yeah, right. So, like, let's say you know you're trying to get your apparel company like really off the ground, yeah. right? And and to do it in a manner to go from production to the market, mm-hmm. and that that take money, yeah. right? Like, I don't, yeah. like. I had a pleasure of meeting the brother who is the CEO of the Social Status Brand. Yeah. And he has done several um, projects with Nike on shoes where yeah. they have a social status edition of a shoe. They did a Jordan 6 for All-Star. Yeah. I they just that. released an a, a Air Force One. Um, mm-hmm. But he was breaking it down on how, like, the shoe, yeah, it was released last week. But we've been working on this thing for 18, 19 months. Wow. wow. Right? Yeah. So product design is, is, mm-hmm. is deep. But so you're trying to launch your 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 clothing brand. Yeah. That that dude or those dudes or whoever that have access to a couple hundred thousand that can say, yo, here's two hundred fifty thousand, here's here's a hundred and fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. I want five percent. Uh, steak. I want ten percent steak. That Shark Tank. That's that Shark Tank. Shark that's that's shark tank. <laughs> Bingo. Prime example. That is Shark Tank. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that that that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. That that's usually when you know what I'm saying that those first board members are already got you know in an existing company. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Now moving forward, a lot of times those titles change as the money shifts. Yeah. So if this guy he he really has no interest, them shark guys ain't got no long term interest. interest. They, yeah. just they sure want to get your company off the ground. They want to see it make some money, yeah. so they can get their money plus their whatever percentage back. Yeah. And then they give you an option, mm-hmm. like okay, um, uh, you, uh, you wanna buy me out. You wanna, mm-hmm. and usually by then, if you know if your numbers have looked good, you. You might be able to approach him and say, yo, man, you made your money. I'm interested in buying you out. So that way now you become the top shareholder, Mm -hmm. right? You don't owe nobody. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then you can dub, you know, from that, yo, man, I I want you to be on my board of directors. But Uh, generally speaking, you want people on your board of directors who have access to capital. Yeah. So when you do follow hard times... You have you a way. Got somebody you have up. a way to float the bills, yeah. so to say. But I mean, once again, it's not um, unheard of for a random person off the street who just continually invested in the company 
to become that. To become that. I mean, you know, especially if a if a company kind of, I don't want to say dies out, but loses traction. Yeah. But they but they're able to stay above water, mm-hmm. right? And then that person just keeps putting money into it, every paycheck or whatever, mm-hmm. and then lo and behold. This person in Sally, South Carolina that nobody's ever heard of becomes the top shareholder of Popeyes. Uh, That's how that kind of thing tends to happen. Damn. But, yeah, from from my my overall investment in that real estate, uh, in that REIT, Mm -hmm. I ended up getting a a dividend check for a little over $800. Damn. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And, you know, I took a portion of it to pay off a, a credit card that I needed to pay off. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it, man, I just rolled it back into the stock. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. You know, let it, you know, Smart grow move. some more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, the, the the dividend game is 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 a strong game, but it just, once again, I tell people, it's kind of like earlier, it's, it's a marathon, man. It's, yeah. it's not a sprint. Yeah. And, and it, it really, it comes from being diligent about some of the most basic principles mm-hmm. of discipline. It's really what it boils down to. It's really what it boils down to. Damn, man. Interesting. Very, very. So what are some other, uh, like, investments that that you would recommend besides just stock? Okay. So uh, life insurance. Okay. Right? I just read this guy, um, J.P. Was it Morrison? Mm Mm-hmm. So he was saying... um, Something about buying into life insurance, and then you can use that as equity. Yes. And it's basically like you're being your own bank. And a lot of people, yeah. So I've been. How does that work? Yeah. I, I, it was very interesting. Really? Like, okay, so you're your go own Lou. equity. Yeah, <laughs> like you're your so own bank. I don't, I don't know all the details of it, but from just thinking about it from a strategic mindset, like how does that work? Mm. Well, I mean, it's a basic principle. At that point, with life insurance, right, <laughs> you have placed a value on your life. Yeah, yeah. You know, right? And yeah. so then the, the the financial institutions is, well, okay, well, you're worth $250,000, right? That's, mm. you know, a general life insurance policy. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, you and your intellectual property is that valuation. Mm-hmm. And so now you can show up to... To the to the different uh, institutions that <laughs> invest in things and people mm. based on their value. Wow! Right? Okay. So yeah, that that's kind of I see what you you know saying. what I mean. And there, there's probably Ooh, some a lot to take in. That there's some, there's some <laughs> there's some holes to my explanation because I'm not 100 percent you know um, informed on it, but yeah. it it's. Probably a, one of the oldest tricks in the book. Yeah. But but that's the reason why so many people invest in life insurance, though, too. A lot of us don't know it, and that's what he was yeah. saying. Like, yeah. that's what people have been doing way back way when. Yeah. We yeah. just don't. A lot of so, us yeah. don't know about it. Um, Isn't the, that how Trump got got the money he got through life that, insurance? That and, you know, uh, uh, I think like a million dollar loan from his pops. Yeah. Like, you know, I remember when I, when I left uh, High Point, my, gr- my mama, excuse me, Gave me forty dollars in a clean pair of drawers and said, "Go make some of yourself." <laughs> you know, I'm joking. My mama didn't do that. My mama did not do that. My mama did not do that. She she did way more than that. And I love you, mama. Yeah. But um, for the affluent, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's not far fetched. Yeah. Where their 
father, mother, and family mm-hmm. as a as a parting gift for you know graduating college or whatever. Yeah. Yo, here is this chunk of change. Mm. Go make something of yourself. Yeah. Right. You've watched us. You, you, you know. You know. We we know you can be smart with this money. Go do something with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. And and that's but that that's the whole principle. Um, there's only such a small percent in this life, in this world of the like overnight wealth stories. Uh-huh. The majority of wealth in the world is generational. It comes from. Yeah. From the family, the family, the family doing their due diligence to guard whatever it is, this asset that that we own, yeah. to transfer it, right? Mm-hmm. And one of those is life insurance. Mm. And you know, I mean, that's I might have touched on this last time, but you know, uh, once again, uh, Walmart, yeah. major major company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the fine print of your uh, employment package, when you get hired, they because that's the thing they have to disclose this. They can't hide it from you. Think about it. You need a social security number to get a job, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need a birth certificate with your with your date of birth and all this pertinent information. Everything that you need to get that job, that job now has in order to get a life insurance, insurance policy, policy on you. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's crazy. So whether you work for them for one day or forty years. Mm-hmm. They continue to pay the premiums on your life insurance policy. Wow! And that when your time has come and you call to glory or whatever you believe in, yeah. <laughs> that corporation, i.e., Walmart, the beneficiary of the life insurance policy that they hold on your behalf, yeah. gets a check. Damn, that's real trifling. <laughs> it is, but but I, I not, but I say that I say that to say that. Life insurance is is a is a tool. Yeah. That you know what I'm saying, and it, I have my own opinions. You know, I have questions about life insurance because it's like okay, you got the whole life insurance policy, and then you got the term. Right. So basically, what I was kind of taught was like you want to get the um, term. Yes. You don't want to get it for your whole life because by the time. You want to get the money so that you can invest in it, basically, so that you won't be needing life insurance. You you shouldn't want to need life insurance. Right, right. So, and my my thing, I was just about to touch on it. I was going to say, I, I in my research, yeah, um, I've learned that term is generally the better option because of what the sister just said, but also because... How can I put this? Would you rather pay 20 times the amount for the same policy? No. Right. Right. No. Usually, usually with whole life policies, yeah. you end up paying 20 times yeah. the amount. They're going to pay you out. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Over the over the term of your the, life. Of your life. Of the policy. Right. Then you would if you just get a term life insurance policy. So that to me, that is cash in the garbage can, mm-hmm. right? Right? Yeah. Just get the term. You know what I mean? And some people, you know, would argue. Well, you know what happens when the term runs out? Blah, blah, blah. Hey, man, you get car insurance. You ain't having a wreck every day. Yeah. It yeah. is what it is. Yeah. But once again, though, not. But you still have this system of equity that you can tap into. True. You know what I'm saying? So. 
But this is explain this to me again because okay. So basically when you get in a life insurance policy, they saying that you are worth X amount of dollars. <laughs> so when I want to go to invest in something, I'm saying I'm putting my life on the line for X amount of dollars. Yeah, and so oh well, well, not not even that. <laughs> okay, so that that's okay. like that's the way you know it, it it sounds right in in just in like real talk ways. But from a financial aspect, essentially, let's let's change the the wording of that. I'm not necessarily putting my life on the line, but I now have a liquid form of collateral. Say, I'm worth this. I have a liquid form of collateral. But to me, when you say I'm worth this, this means somebody might try to cash the check. But ain't nobody, ain't no, ain't nobody got to know. Lifestyle richness. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, nah, nah. I feel. Ain't nobody got to know. Yo, what was that episode of Martin when uh, oh. he got the life insurance yeah. and he kept thinking Gina was trying to yeah. kill him? Right. And when he showed Tommy the policy, he said, "Hell, I will kill you." <laughs> But so, but that's the beauty of it, right? Even in, in comedy, right? Mm. That exposes, unfortunately, a what a, a mindset in yeah. our community, yeah. right? We got to shift the mindset, yeah. right? Because we spend so much time now. I don't know life insurance. They're gonna try to knock me off, yeah. right? Yeah. But then um, when you do they get do knocked knock off, on your dough. right? Mm. Go find me. And you, <laughs> that, we, and that we not selling right. fish plates. Go right. fund me. Yeah. Uh, Auntie Nim got to put a third lean on on they on they crib. Yeah, your yeah. body and they and they cr- and they think you know. Yeah. And we, so that's a whole nother thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are funeral companies on the stock market. Really? Yes. You know what? what? You know what? I, if I could deal with death like that, I I, I would think about being a mortician, but I, I can't. Yeah, I got a friend. Once again, no. But see, that's the beauty of the market. You can't deal with death, but you can put money. Check this in out. Yeah. Uh, People gonna die all the time. <laughs> right. Uh, Service Corporation International, uh, SCI, is a uh, a funeral home. It's a stop. Wow. Um. Wow. I'm believing that what they do is um, they, yeah, so they offer carriage services. So when you go to funerals uh, and you see like the horse and carriage. Yeah. Okay, because I was going to say, what about a casket company um, too? Cemetery services. Mm. Uh, last time I checked, and, and it's probably gone up, but in the state of North Carolina, the average opening and closing of a grave, right? Because mm-hmm. that's separate. Right From the actual From the actual Oh bro I'm about to break this So we about to go deep now We talking about life insurance (laughs) That's why I just want to get cremated I ain't gonna even do that To my family Which I'm gonna touch on that Okay You pay the funeral home For the services And embalming And all of that But you have to pay The cemetery To come out And dig the hole And close the hole the the and the opening and closing fee must be paid in full, or else you Damn. can't get buried. Cause thirteen hundred dollars for them to dig a hole. Are you serious? Six by six by six. Yeah, but those are my body. Yeah, 
I said, damn, man, give me a shovel, cuz. Yeah, for real. Right. But I, I can't dig a perfect square. So, it came, so, so it ain't going to come out right. But They probably got a stencil. Right. <laughs> Just, nah, for real. They no, do. Serious. They do. Yeah. They got that little thing that they drag behind the truck. Yeah. Right. When, when you That's go to the grave site. Yeah. Them brothers that be up the hill usually mm-hmm. in that old truck, that, uh, that's their job. Open and close the grave. Like through the, like through the cremation process, is it the same, no. same process that you still got to pay? Nah, so, so like that's why I, this is why, so, you know, so you got your life insurance, right? Yeah. And your loved one, and your loved one passes away. Do not go into that funeral home. And talk open numbers. They they're gonna ask you, do you have life insurance? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Or what's how much is the policy? Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Just know that I got life insurance mm-hmm. because their job is to get you to spend as much of that mm-hmm. money as possible. Right. Uh, okay. And then they play on your sympathies. On the, know you're right. Grieving. Yeah. On the on the cheap end, the wow. traditional funeral on the cheap end, going the cheapest of the cheapest of the cheapest. Uh-huh. It's gonna cost you about eight eight grand. Well, I'm sorry, at the funeral home, plus opening and closing, plus a headstone, plus all the other incidentals. So you're looking at 10 racks. Let's say 10 racks for a traditional funeral, right? Right. You can go get cremated for $2,500. And guess what? So now, let's let's say you got a a, a $250,000 life insurance policy. I'm just going to lowball you because that's just kind of average number. Because most of the times... um, you should always have at least enough life insurance to at least pay pay the mortgage in full, right? Yeah. So that way your loved one don't have a mortgage no more. Yeah. Um, so two hundred fifty thousand dollars life insurance policy, right? It only costs you twenty five hundred to get cremated, right? Then that means the rest of that life insurance money can be utilized to settle your estate because that's the part that a lot of people don't talk about is. After the crying and, and after the procession and all of that, reality that. kicks back in. Yeah. That loved one, if they still owe money on stuff, yeah. you, you have to settle the estate. And like settling the estate is crazy because in North Carolina, there's a part of settling the estate where you have to run that loved one's name in the paper for like 30 days, a 30-day ad in the newspaper, basically saying, they such and such away. passed away. He did. If... This person owed you anything. You have thirty days All right, to claim it. To go down to the county county services department Word. and put in your claim of what they owe you. Of what they owe you. Are you serious? Right, right. So if there's uh, back taxes owed on on housing, oh, if there, I mean, credit card. Oh, they coming that, to get there. Yeah, no, yeah. no, nah, bro. Just because you died, like they say, when they say the show goes on, they go yeah. to your heirs. It, 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 goes, it moves over. <laughs> So that's the thing. Life insurance is not just important for the actual burial, yeah. But that's how we settle the estate, right? Mm-hmm. Damn. So let's say let's say that you know after it's all said and done, you twenty five hundred dollars of cremation fees. Let's say you know this person had a remaining outstanding balance of debt of ten thousand, ten thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. All of that money was paid out of the life insurance policy, out of two hundred fifty thousand dollars. We take the rest of that. Mm-hmm. And if you're smart, reinvest it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that we can live off interest of it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Bottom line, it's, it's a wealth building tool. Damn. 
Right? That that's that's literally how life insurance works if it's done right. If it's done correctly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When they start cutting them checks. Yeah. It it continues to help the family. Yeah, damn. My, I ain't man. When I tell you, my grandma mm-hmm. was a G. Mm-hmm. Usually, grandmas are. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to my grandma. Am <laughs> I, and it's, I I made a post about my grandma today. Um, me and Tasha, we were just having like a family history discussion last night, and when my my grandmother passed away in mm-hmm. two thousand nine, mm-hmm. and uh, I was in Providence, Rhode Island. Doing a um, uh, speech at the Providence campus for Johnson and Wales, which is one of my alma maters, mm-hmm. and I got the phone call from my mama, you know, and I we were kind of expecting it, so I had to rush home mm-hmm. and you know whatnot. Yeah. And here I was thinking like, okay, shit about to get real, about to hit the fan, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. My grandmother learned from the mistakes that the family made in in regards with my grandfather and my aunt Louise who passed away. Uh-huh. They, she went out, got life insurance, kept it paid up, did everything. When I tell you, my grandmother had her own funeral planned out to the T. Are right. you serious? Like yeah, when she when she was like you know what I'm saying, when she knew she was really going downhill, she sat down and she wrote it out on paper. Damn. Put it in an envelope, sealed it up, and mailed it to um, the the gentleman who sold her the life insurance policy. What, Mr. Cam Crittlebaugh? He was he he. She actually bought the house from him and everything. Because Mr. Crittlebaugh owned half a high point back home. But anyway, um, I never forget. Mr. Crittlebaugh walked in to the funeral home that that day. And we all sitting there. Everybody's like, okay, what are we going to do? Everybody start trying to church up money. Yeah. This was before, you know, really GoFundMe's. Like, how are we going to do this? People talking about putting liens on the crib. Yeah. Mr. Critterball walked in with two yeah. envelopes. One was the life insurance policy. The other was her detailed instructions. My grandma picked out her casket. She picked out what she wanted to wear. She had who she wanted Damn. to do her hair, who she wanted to do her makeup. But that's how it should be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's how it should be. Right. And so two things. You know the family be going too through too much. At right. Time. Two things. Yeah. It 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 takes the 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 pressure off of figuring out how we gonna pay for this. How's this right. gonna happen? <clears throat> yeah. And then guess what? Everybody got to actually sit back and breathe and yeah. grieve and process the loss of many babies. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So damn. That was a lesson that I took on life insurance early. Yeah. It wasn't until I, I started learning more about it from an investment tool strategy. Mm-hmm. I just knew that, yo, this shit is important. Yeah. To keep, you know what I'm saying? And she, and in one of the things in her, in her wheel and all of that, mm-hmm. she made it explicitly, explicitly uh, stated that there would be no disbursements of any funds until all of her That's estate was, yeah, was yeah. settled. Yeah. And everything. Damn. So, granted, my my family we just we're not we don't argue over stuff like that in general. Yeah. Anyway, that's just not how we are. Yeah. Um. But even if that would have come up, it just it did it that. Right. Cause yeah. You, cause you don't said, know who people are until something like that happens. Happened. Right. Mm. Yeah. Damn, yeah. Yo. You know. But um, I, I took that was a, a big lesson that I took in her passing. 
mm-hmm. about, you know, it, it's funny in, in the black community, we, we go to church and we sing these songs, you know, mm-hmm. get your house in order. Yeah. Get that in order. It's true. What a way to end this, man. So pretty much, yo, the summary of this, look into your different types of investments. There's more than just stocks. Yeah. Clear as day. So you know this ain't over. So now we got the segment <laughs> moments with Papa Lou. Talking about finance and everything else, man. So, yo, this was a damn good episode. Um, hey, I thank you, man. Man, I, yeah. I appreciate you know you you inviting me, man. Like, like it goes back, man. There's nothing by chance. Yeah. That day at work, man. Yeah. Just I was just going to go get my little coffee. <laughs> and you know, yeah. you know, you told me about it. We we just had a conversation that turned into this man so exactly. I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity man it's all good man and it's more to come so stay tuned y'all like i said man this is dirty mouth radio produced by live wire sound and entertainment this your boy comedic energy sure day papa luke <laughs> all right now give your we out peace this show is produced by Livewire Sound and Entertainment. If you're looking to rent premium sound equipment for your next concert or podcast at a low price, go to www.livewiresoundent.com.